hello and welcome back to Unwritten. Today I have with me Jessica White, who was one of my professors at Russia University College. She went to both St. Francis Xavier or St. FX University for human nutrition, as well as Russia for honor specialization in nutrition and dietetics, and did her undergrad and her master's there. While studying in university, she was a varsity cross country and track athlete, so she is very familiar with the student athlete life. And overall, Jessica has truly been one of my favorite university professors, and she was always so kind and generous to me throughout my time at Russia. And I'm so excited to speak with her today and learn more about her experiences. So my first question for Jessica today is, can you take me through your experience with track and cross country just growing up and even just give a little intro about yourself? All right. Well, thank you, Maddie. And thanks for the introduction. That's very generous of you. And thank you for having me on your podcast. It's an honor. Um, yeah. So in terms of my experience with track and cross country, funny enough, I grew up mostly playing soccer and a bunch of other sports as well. So growing up, I actually never intended to take up cross country or track during high school. I had my mind set on playing soccer and basketball. And then in grade eight, I just started running uh, just to get in shape for some of my other sports. And I really fell in love with it. And then it just took off from there. And uh, I've been hooked on it since. So I, I decided to quit pretty much any other sport I played when I was about 15 or so. And I haven't looked back since. I, yeah, I just decided to continue with that throughout the rest of high school and then throughout university. Oh, that's so awesome. And where did you grow up? Did you grow up in London? I did. Yes. Yeah. So I was born, born and raised here in London. Oh my gosh. Okay. Same with me. We're true Londoners. I, I love that. So did you, did you, what, like, did, so did you like run in, where did you go to high school? Did you like run in high school and like for your high school team? Or did you also run with like the London, like track and field team, if that's a thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I went to mother Teresa and yeah, so I ran cross country and track all throughout my years at Mother Teresa. And then I was also um, running with London Western. So I was coached by Dave Mills. And, um, and then, yeah, I went, I started out at St. FX and then decided to transfer and then continued running for Western when I came uh, to Brescia. Yeah. Okay. That is so, that is so crazy. It is actually such a small world. I, my, I didn't go to um, Mother Teresa, but that would have been like my like homeschool. I ended up going to Banting for swimming because it was so close to the pool. But I feel like it just were like a hop, skip and a jump probably away from each other, which is insane. <laughs> no way. It is such a yeah. small world. <laughs> I know it, it's, it's crazy. But and then of course, both going in both have that nutrition and dietetics background. But I guess that leads me to my next question is what made you interested in food and nutrition? And I guess also what took you out to St. FX to kind of start your university career? Yes, that's a great question. I would say that my interest in nutrition definitely is multifactorial. I would say I started to gain an appreciation for nutrition during high school. So we had a food nutrition program that I took. Um, a class, I should say, and my instructor, she mentioned that she graduated from Guelph's nutrition program. And so she was kind of telling me about the profession of being a dietitian. So I looked into that a bit more. And I realized that, you know, I was able, I knew I wanted to get into some sort of health related field. 
And I thought, wow, this is great. Like dietetics, I can blend my interest with sport and nutrition. And so it just seemed like the perfect fit for me. Uh, so that was probably the initial, uh, I guess, stage where I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. Uh, and then, yeah, when I decided on Sane Effects, I, since I was born and raised in London, I wanted to experience somewhere different. <laughs> yeah. So I was torn between, yeah. I get it, but I, I stayed. I, I stayed. <laughs> I didn't have well, the initial call. Back, so exactly. <laughs> London does that to you. It's just so great. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like home. Um, yeah. So I, st- I actually looked into UBC and then I was torn between UBC and St. Effects. And then ultimately I decided on St. Effects because it was a smaller school. I, you know, I just, it just seemed like it was a good fit. Uh, so then I went out there and then decided it wasn't for me. And then, uh, yeah, transferred back to Russia and, uh, yeah, just decided to continue here. So yeah, I decided to come back home. <laughs> and happily ever after, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And I feel like that is something that, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people will transfer, I guess, universities, but isn't necessarily something that, I don't know, maybe like, is like a little like stigmatized, like making up your mind and going somewhere and then switching. And what was it that, may, I guess, made you want to switch? And how, how did that decision feel when you had to make that switch? It was definitely not an easy decision because when I decided on St. Effects, I was like, that's where I'm going and I'm going to continue and finish my, you know, my whole undergrad degree there. And so I went to St. Effects with that intention. So deciding to transfer was very hard and I was flip-flopping around for a while, whether or not I should make that choice or not. Uh, In the end, I decided to, and the timing of everything, it it just seemed to, it just seemed like it was meant to be, and it just, everything worked out after that. So um, yeah, I had a great, you know, there was overall, I had a really great experience in terms of the the nutrition program out there and everything. It was great. Uh, But yeah, at the end of the day, it just wasn't the right fit. And um, yeah, so I was happy to come back to, back, back to home. Yeah. Well, something my mom always says, you know, love a good mom quote, (laughs) um, is Mm -hmm. it's never, it's never too late to change your mind. And I think that that is so true. And I feel like really resonates with, I mean, that aspect of your, um, like story, because it's so true. I mean, you went out to St. FX, you know, and it's so important to be able to recognize, I think what kind of what is meant for you and what's not. And you are brave enough to come back and say, Hey, you know, what wasn't the right fit for me. I'm going to come back to come back to London. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes those choices are hard. It is big, a big time and it was a big decision too. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I mean, most people, you just got to follow your gut and do what is best for you. Yeah, that's so awesome. And then obviously, again, something we have in common is you're a varsity athlete and ran. And how was that? How did that like improve or change your university experience and kind of what are some key takeaways you took like you took from being a varsity athlete at both St. FX and at Western? Yeah so yeah oh gosh I have nothing but great things to say about it I think it completely changed my whole university experience like I don't think I would have had the same experience had I not been on the team just, you know, being part of the team environment, having those uh, teammates there that are supporting you, they're there for you. I was really fortunate to have amazing coaches, both at St. FX and at Western. 
And that really made a huge difference. They had such a positive impact on me as an athlete. And yeah, I mean, I just say it helped me develop so many different skills, like communication skills, teamwork skills, uh, time management was a big one. Uh, you know, oftentimes I was doing my homework on the bus or on a plane. So just making use of all the time you had, but I definitely, you know, looking back, I miss those bus trips that we had as a team going to different meets across the country or into the States. It was a lot of fun, a lot of great memories and, uh, yeah, something I'll always have with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, no, truly, I think. And I don't know about you, but I always found that, yeah, like it's like the trips and like the training camps that were just like the most memorable, like the and like the people that you meet, like, are you still do you have like are still really close with a lot of like your teammates from like your time as a varsity athlete? Yeah, honestly, my closest friends are from from running. Yeah. And I, we're still good friends to this day. And it's great that we're still able to, you know, connect and everything. And um, yeah. No, yeah, I always I always say the same thing. I said, like, my closest friends that I've met are all from like the pool, whether or not, you know, that was like from high school, like even my swim, like my swim friends from high school, I'm still very close with. And even now, I mean, I even right now I'm, I'm living with some of my friends from swimming. And it's just it's such a special I feel like bond like you, there's nothing like training with people and having to like go through it with them. And then like, I feel like that just like you cannot find a closer relationship than you have with those people. A hundred percent. I agree completely. And it was great too. Cause a lot of times when we get together, I mean, this is before the pandemic, we'd get together for runs to still train together. And so it's great. Cause you know, we, you know, it becomes a good big social aspect as well, going out for runs, chit chat and catching up and all that sort of thing. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And so do you still run a lot right now as well? Right now, not actually a whole lot. I've been trying to get back into some somewhat decent shape, but yeah, right now my focus is if I can just get out the door, you know, every day and do 20 or 30 minutes of some form of physical activity, then I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that, which is honestly so important. I think right now, I mean, I mentioned to you before, but I had gotten shoulder surgery in December. And so that impacted my ability to do a lot of things for for a while and just even getting out and going for a walk for 20 to 30 minutes, I think makes such a big difference. And I feel like as like, again, and in, in, even in like your, you probably teach a lot of this and I've learned a lot of this, but even just like 30 minutes of exercise, everyone's like, just get outside and exercise. And it makes such a big difference. But it, you know, when you actually do it, you realize why they say, <laughs> why they say it. It's because it's true. It makes you feel so much better. It's, it totally does. And I found too, like the biggest struggle I've had in the last couple of years with just getting workouts in is the pandemic because before the pandemic, right before the pandemic had occurred, I went back to my club with, um, so I was training again with Dave Mills at London Western, uh, track and field club. And I was just starting to get into decent shape again. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, Oh, rats. And I just love (laughs) training with it, like in a group environment. Like I find it's just so much, it's so much easier for me personally than training on my own. So the last couple of years I've been just trying to train on my own, which has been a struggle, but uh, you're right. Like, even if you can just get out, like, even if I can get out for a 30 minute walk, that makes such a difference. And I feel so much better just doing that. So just trying to focus on the little things and take it day by day. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, truly, that's what my motto is right now. It's like day by day. I can't think uh, think past like the next 24 hours. That's all my brain is capable of, I think. Um, but when, when you were training like pre-pandemic, were you training for anything in particular or were you just doing it like recreationally? Yeah, at that point, I was just training to get back into some type of shape. I had taken some time off of running right when I finished or used up all my eligibility with Mm -hmm. um, Western's team. And so at that point, I was just trying to get back into some shape. And uh, I, yeah, I think I had planned to maybe do some races in the summertime if that, you know, if I was getting into enough shape to do like a track race or whatnot. Uh, and then long-term I was thinking, you know, getting into more road racing, but yeah, at that point I was just trying to get into some more decent shape and see what, see what I could do and see what happens. Yeah. That's so awesome. And do you think that that would be something that you would pursue going into the future as well? Like get getting back into racing is, is that something is racing something that you enjoyed? Overall, I loved racing. I just love the whole environment. And I really actually particularly enjoy like road racing. I just, I don't know, there's just something about being on the road that I really liked. And I also like track races too. Like I think track season was probably one of my favorites. Although it's hard to say, um, because cross country is a totally, totally different, um, almost event in its, its own way. But the whole team aspect of cross country is also awesome too. Same with track. So I guess they're just kind of both very different in their own ways. But uh, yeah, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not um, counting myself out of doing running ever again, but probably, you know, hopefully when things settle down again, that in the near future, I can maybe build up back to some 5k shape or something and jump into a road race and then maybe even just do one for fun to see what kind of shape I'm in. Cause I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's so true. Just like, just force yourself to get into it. I feel like it's like riding a bike though. I feel like once you start running, you're like, Oh, I'm good. <laughs> like come so natural exactly now. it's true I just need to get into a routine I think that's my biggest challenge right now <laughs> yeah no truly and well I don't know um like if you want to speak on this but I know that in talking to a lot of you know former varsity athletes they really struggled with the transition from being a varsity athlete and being on a team to not being a varsity athlete and then not being on a team and not being in that environment and so was that something you felt that you really struggled with as well, making that transition after you didn't have any more eligibility to use? A hundred percent. And this is like perfect timing because I just actually posted like an Instagram um, post about that, about the transition. And yeah, a hundred percent. I struggled big time with that transition because my whole day to day was revolved around running. Like I trained six days a week, pretty much 365 days of the year not a whole lot of time off, maybe one week, like about a week, three times a year type of thing between seasons. And it was just go, 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 um, you know, races most weekends throughout the whole year. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a big part of my life and a big part of my life that I dedicated to running uh, a lot of sacrifices made as well. And so, yeah, when you go from almost like hero to zero, it's a huge uh, transition, a huge change, especially because in my case, I didn't continue to race or compete really after I I just took some time off to recoup and um, just uh, take a break from things. Uh, So yeah, I would say, you know, big time with, I'm sure a lot of other athletes probably feel like they're in the same boat, you know, your identity, you feel kind of lost in a sense, like, oh, wow, like, like, what do I like to do outside of my sport? 
who am I now? Like, it's just a lot of transitions uh, from, from that. Yeah. Big time. And if you were to give, I mean, honestly, even me, if you were to give like a current varsity athlete, who's maybe about to make that transition into, you know, life post varsity athletics, what were things that you found helped for you that helped you with like during that time? The biggest thing I would say for me is just trying to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and realize that, you know, training maybe six days a week right now is not realistic, but, you know, even if I can just do some form of physical activity, it doesn't necessarily have to be running. I would say that's been the hardest part, picking things that necessarily isn't running because I've always just run. And yeah, I've always felt like running has been a really good workout for me. Like I always felt like accomplished after a run because I felt like I was actually doing something and, uh, and whatnot. So other forms like walking for me, it didn't seem like I was stimulating my, mm-hmm. I guess, self in, in the same sense as I would have been in running. Um, so yeah, just taking it day by day, uh, just thinking about that, you know, some activities better than none, just to help again with um, you know, mental health as well, like mood and, and all that sort of thing. Cause I find sometimes when I'm working all the time, just taking a break to go do some kind of exercise, I always feel better after. So yeah, yeah. I just say, and then also kind of looking into the future as well. Um, you know, big picture in that kind of sense. Yeah, no, for sure. And I know that I also, if, I guess if you could speak on kind of your journey, I guess, post um like even undergrad how did you um how was your like what did your journey look like from undergrad to your master's and then now being a professor if like you don't mind kind of taking us through that because I know that those can also be you know look so many different ways and if you wouldn't mind sharing that as well yes so funny enough I actually had no intention uh, in running uh, or competing for Western during my master's. I was very focused. Okay. School is hundred percent coming first and it still was. Uh, but then, you know, my coach Guy and Jen at the time, they both were like, Oh, like, we'd love to have you back. Like, it'd be great to have you back on the team. Uh, so I decided to, you know, use up my last year during my first year of my master's. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely a big balancing act because my research project, um, when I was part, like part of the master's program, it was very intensive. I was in the lab yeah. probably about six or so hours every day. So just balancing that training and doing schoolwork, um, and working and whatnot. Luckily though, my, like, again, the coaches I've had at Western have been outstanding, like Guy, Janet, everyone involved. They were super understanding of the master's program and the demands that I had for that. So I was able to train, um, you know, I was able to do workouts on my own at different times from the rest of the team based off of my schedule. So that was very helpful. And then, um, yeah, after I finished up university, then I just decided to take a break and then go, I eventually went back to my, uh, the London Western track and field club and, uh, trained, trained with Dave Mills there for a bit until the pandemic happened. So wonderful. And then academic wise, what did that kind of process look like too throughout your master's and then deciding that you wanted to be a professor? And um, like, did you always know you wanted to be a dietitian um, or, or a professor or how, how did that kind of come into fruition? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I would say, yeah, I always knew I wanted to be a dietitian. I say since high school, when I, you know, I took those foods classes, I, you know, I, I realized then that this is what I'm going to do. And I stuck with it. Uh, and then, um, yeah, in terms of teaching, I, it was always in the back of my mind. I'm, I'm definitely more of an introverted type person. And so when I did apply for the position, I was like, okay, I've got this, I'm going to do it. And it was very nerve wracking at first because, uh, you know, I used to get really nervous before 15 minute presentations, 10 minute presentations. And then now I'm, you know, teaching for two to three hours. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, but it was the best, best decision I think I've ever made. And, um, you know, it really got me out of my comfort zone and it's helped me so much with my speaking, my public speaking skills and whatnot. And I would say too, the master's program really helped as well because we did have to do a presentation that was two hours long. So that helped <laughs> get used to that time length. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd say overall, it's a really good experience and I'm glad I took it. Yeah. And over the past couple of years, um, being a prof, what are some of the what are some things that you feel you have learned? Like, what are some big takeaways or almost, I guess, what are things that like your students teach you when, like when you're teaching them, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing I really enjoy about teaching because I'm always learning new things as well. So, you know, nutrition, the field of it, it's so broad, it's massive. There's always new things happening, new trends starting. And I'm not on top of necessarily all the trends that are happening. So sometimes it's great to hear from other students, like what they've heard in the, the news or on social media that maybe I've missed. And then that way I can look it up and know more about it. So I feel like learning is definitely a two-way street. And uh, yeah, I learned just as much from the students as hopefully they are able to learn from me. Yeah. And did you learn anything, as you said, like you've you're more would consider yourself more introverted did you do you feel like you've kind of learned to love teaching now in a way and kind of learned to love being in front of a classroom and maybe consider yourself a little bit more extroverted now or are you like no way I'm after teaching I'm like in bed at home by myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah I honestly I would say my comfort lover level with speaking in front of you know the classes that I teach like 70 ish students in case of, you know, the one course or the labs, which are closer to 30. But regardless, I feel like my comfort has improved so much that now I get to the point where I'm not even really nervous before teaching, which is really nice, um, which is great. So yeah, I just say just my, um, you know, developing those public speaking skills have improved a lot and uh, just being able to explain things. So some, something that I worked on was just reflecting on how I was explaining things to ensure that maybe the next time I explain it, hopefully I can do a better job or improve so that, you know, hopefully that the students understand it better or whatnot. Yeah, no, for sure. That Honestly, I think public speaking and, and, you know, explaining things is such a skill. (laughs) My mom's always like, Maddie, you need to be more like brief about what you say. And I just can imagine my, my, uh, you know, a two hour lecture for me turns into like four hours, a four hour lecture. It just, I can, I can, (laughs) I can really talk, but uh, you know, we're all different. (laughs) Um, And would you ever, well, actually this brings me, I guess, to my next, um, my next point, I know I, I kind of said to you, I did a little bit of a LinkedIn um, stalking <laughs> session, but 
I thought it was so cool because I learned uh, again something new about you and that you created um, Nutravice. I think that's how I, you pronounce it, um, which is, yeah, a company you created. And I was wondering if you could um, explain why you created this company and talk about this um, new endeavor that you've um, embarked on, because I thought it was really interesting and I would love to hear your, your explanation of it. Yes, for sure. So yeah, Nutrivice, I started that uh, September 2020. And yeah, because I knew I always wanted to get into sport nutrition. I and after that point, I was still teaching at Brescia. So it was, it was great because I was able to do and manage both. And I thought this went better time than to start my own private practice in sport nutrition, so that I can help other athletes. So yeah, the whole objective with Nutrivice is to, again, provide just general sport nutrition advice to, you know, any athlete who's looking for any help with their performance um, and whatnot, and, but also to help any athlete who may be struggling with reds or relative energy deficiency in sport disordered eating or eating disorders, because um, from my experience, I know it is very prevalent. And I just wanted to make sure that I was able to maybe help those athletes get the help that they, that they need and be able to show them to resources that would help them get back on track and so that they can perform at their best. So I guess in a nutshell, yeah, that was the whole objective there and just to, yeah, provide more help and support to athletes. Yeah, that's incredible. And I know that, yeah, I, I mean, when I then kind of took to the website and looked through the website, I thought that that was so interesting because I always thought about um, that was always that's something that I also feel I, I think very passionate about and again makes me again feel so much more connected to you as well knowing that that's something that we both share because um, yeah I, again like being being in the uh, athletic athletic world you see again that all the time and I know as you said it, you know you can see the prevalence and I've, I've seen it um, and even like own personal experiences with um, um, like disordered eating and eating disorders is huge and being able to see you know how how you can change that and impact your community I think is so important and do you feel like you in in kind of again what kind of what have you learned from embarking on this new journey have you the same kind of way as teaching taught you how maybe you'll be a little bit more extroverted what has kind of this entrepreneur entrepreneurial endeavor taught you Yes, that's a great question. I feel like, yeah, it's taught me so much just even about like the business sense of running my or starting my own private practice. At first, I was like, wow, there is so much I need to know, like taxes, accounting, business skills, marketing sales, that I didn't really have too much experience with from, uh, you know, undergrad, luckily, I took a few business classes. So that helped. But yeah, it was a big learning curve at first, but it's been totally worth it. Because uh, just the things that you learn as you do, as you go along and you have your own, you know, your own business, it just, it's just a great skill set to, um, to have and whatnot. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I could not, yeah, could not agree more. And as, as a professional professor, and as I guess a business owner as well, um, in the field of nutrition and dietetics, how do you feel that like nutrition and dietetics has impacted your life thus far? And do you still have like any questions that you have about this field, like moving forward that you want to have answered? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> 
I would say like in the sense that um, it's been a, a positive learning experience. What I know now, especially from a sport nutrition lens, I wish I knew back when I was getting into running more competitively because I feel like maybe my journey would have been a little bit different. And so that's also part of why I got into sport nutrition because I want to help sh like um, provide that knowledge to younger athletes so that they hopefully have a long sustainable um, journey and that, um, yeah, that they're not experiencing reds or disordered eating and whatnot, and that they're able to achieve their goals. So ultimately that's, yeah, in a nutshell, why, uh, or I guess in a sense, why, uh, or how the <laughs> impact of nutrition, yeah. but the impact yeah. of nutrition has had. <laughs> and I will ask another question, I guess, <laughs> maybe a loaded question. We'll see. Um, for like athletes that might be struggling with disordered eating or eating disorders, what is something that you would tell, tell these individuals like, or like, or people that are seeking help? Um, yeah. <laughs> I would say like overarchingly, I would say that I try to focus on the long-term health effects and not just looking at the moment, but looking down the road and, you know, focusing on the performance, because usually as athletes, we're trying our best to be the best athletes we can to improve our performance. So I find that's motivating to, you know, focus more so on the performance aspects and then also kind of reframe how we are looking at our, our journey, like in terms of, okay, like how, what about when you're 50 or you're 60? Like, do you still want to be active? What is that going to look like? So sometimes it's good. Just to, I try to just look at the bigger picture and hopefully have, you know, get athletes to look at the bigger picture as well. Yeah, that is actually, I feel like such a, such an awesome point. And I feel like almost not stressed enough is, I think as, you know, especially as athletes, as you would know, it, it feels very like moment to moment, like this, like during this season, this is what I want to do. How am I going to be my best right now? And a lot of the time you get caught up in the, am I like, am, what am, what's going to make me the best person or, but not thinking about like the long longevity of, you know, the rest of your life post, post varsity or post whatever professional sports. And, you know, what are you doing? kind of more fun like are what what is what you are doing functional for and going to keep your body healthy for the rest of your life yes exactly that's a big one too and you know even when I look at myself and I reflect back like there were times where I would run through injuries I would run through times where I was really really sick uh, we were about to yeah. go to a meet in Louisville and I went to the hospital the night before because I was worried at strep and the doctor was like, just, you know, if you have a fever, please don't race. And I was like, okay, all right. And, you know, I still got on the bus. I still competed. Um, and, you know, and other times as well, where I was so sick that, you know, I couldn't even eat the day before. And I was, you know, worried because I wanted to make sure I was getting enough fuel in for the race. And so, yeah, looking at those times, you know, I, I, I was just so focused on the moment and wanting to compete and perform and not necessarily looking at, okay, well, maybe I should just take a rest day and get better. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to, because as an athlete, you just, you want, I wanted at that time to take advantage of all the races that I could compete in. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's no, that's huge. 
I would say you're probably even more intense than I am. I don't think I've ever almost had strep and then gone to a swim meet. So I commend you for that effort. That is, that is very impressive. <laughs> um, but I guess another loaded question for you. We'll see if this week we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this one, but do you have, even just like right now, like in, in looking at literature research, like, do you have any questions um, about like nutrition and dietetics that like still you feel haven't been answered? Um, yeah, that is a good question. <laughs> These are great questions. That you- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Proud myself of my question asking ability. Actually, you know what, in terms of sport nutrition specifically, there's a lot of questions I have because women and a woman in sport is underrepresented in the literature. There's not a lot of research done in female athletes. Uh, so that's a huge gap. A lot of the, you know, the recommendations for carbohydrates, protein, et cetera, it's done mostly in male um, athletes. Um, so it would be great to see more studies being done in female athletes to know what we specifically need, because yeah. usually what we're doing now is relating what the evidence says in males and translating it to females. We know, you know, it's like apples and oranges again, males and females are different, our hormonal Uh, balance or whatnot is different or, you know, everything. So it'd be, uh, that's one big question I have just, you know, seeing what hopefully more research and, you know, undertaking female athletes to see what those, those effects are and the results of those studies. That is actually really interesting because I actually, well, I, one of my roommates and I, we talk about, um, I feel like this all the time and how, you know, how much, like our hormones and, you know, like how much our bodies, I guess, can really tell us about, about ourselves. And again, I feel like, especially like with female athletes, like in, like as teenagers, that's so huge. And, you know, like what if, you know, it's like your bodies are changing and like, how do you fuel yourself? And I just don't think that it's like food and nutrition is not talked about nearly enough as it should be. I always, I, I just feel like I always say, you know, they're like math and English and science are taught in, in school, but we don't learn about food and nutrition yet. Everyone needs to eat and everybody needs to fuel your body, their body. So like, why aren't we learning about this like critical, critical part of like human survival? Um, It just boggles my mind. And even yeah like or even like young girls like or women like on birth control and how does birth control or like your like your hormones changing you know growing up and how how would that impact the like your your food intake and what you eat I just yeah you're right it just it it absolutely kind of just boggles my mind but also just interests me so much how kind of also sometimes just like how little like resources are even available to like the general public like you and I we like we can like go and look it up and we're you know we're you know educated in this field but for a lot of people they're not yeah and you make a really good point there because there's so much nutritional misinformation out there and with the access now to social media TikTok Instagram Twitter the list goes on you know, it's hard. You're right. Like you and I, we're in the nutrition field. We're able to get a pretty good idea of what, you know, the evidence says, what's, you know, the pros and cons are for different things, et cetera. But you're right. Like most people, they may see something on social media 
And it could be um, something that's not safe to do. Like it could be har more harmful, but they don't know because they don't necessarily know where to look for the evidence, right? So that can be also very challenging. And I think sometimes part of my role is just trying to debunk some myths and provide factual information for individuals so that they have the latest, most up-to-date evidence and they can make their own informed decisions about certain things. Yeah, which honestly is so huge. It's what it's like, um, like catch a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach a man to fish, he um, eats for life. I think that, I feel like that's what almost you're almost trying to do, right? You're, you know, you're handing people information going here, here's how, like, here's what you can learn, here's what you can do. And like, let's like allow you to actually learn how to use that information, which is huge. Um, and then, so I'm going to ask, I, I kind of call them rapid questions, but in reality, they're never really that rapid. <laughs> but what <laughs> is, <laughs> what is a tip that you would give to people who um, are looking to learn more about nutrition and dietetics or want to start eating a more balanced diet? Hmm. I guess referring to uh, credible sources of information and knowing where they, those are. So maybe just doing more research about things. Like there's certain sites that I was my go-to for quick information, Penn, although I know not everyone has access to that. Unlock Food, uh, Harvard Health, Mayo Clinic, those, those types of sites, I would say. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, I guess uh, like even um, echoing what you're saying, like getting, like just educate yourself from the right kind of areas. Um, I guess also kind of a follow-up question to that. What is kind of one... I guess, like health and fitness tip that you kind of integrate into your life that has helped you and you feel like would maybe be like, you're like a little like nugget of wisdom that you'd be like, hey, this is, you know, whatever, walk 30 minutes a day or whatever it may be. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing I've learned so far is balance is key. So just, you know, having balance in your life when it comes to like food, when it comes to day to day, literally can be applied to any scenario you know, um, so yeah, for example, you know, having time to, you know, sp spending time doing work, but also spending time with loved ones, family members, doing things you enjoy, uh, exercising for enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I, I like that. Again, like every kind of everything in moderation, another, another mom quote, <laughs> everything in moderation, that's what she always <laughs> says to me as well. Um, and then <laughs> um, the last, my last question here today for you is also noticed when I was doing my little like website stalking is that you said that you like to garden. And I saw a picture, I don't know if it's your garden or where this garden is, but I feel like I'll like try and like find it and post it somewhere but your garden looks amazing I'm so jealous I've always wanted I've always wanted to have my own garden so what is a tip if not for everyone else, like if not for like everyone else just for me and my own self-interest what is a tip you would give to people who want to start a garden oh that is a good question I would definitely not say I'm a pro gardener by any means um <laughs> honestly, just do it. Just, just see what happens. That's kind of what I did for the first year. I, I tried gardening. I didn't really know what I was doing and some things didn't really turn out. Some things did, but then the next year I learned a lot from that first year. So sometimes it's just trying things, uh, just doing it and seeing what happens and learning from it and then improving it the next time. 
Wow. I love that. I feel like that's almost just like a metaphor for life. <laughs> and then like a yeah. piece of closure. <laughs> nice closure um but again I want to say thank you so much for your time today and just yeah spending an hour of of your evening with me it's been such a pleasure to have you on and I just can't wait to hopefully have another conversation soon well thank you very much Maddie it's been a pleasure to be on your podcast and yeah thank you so much for having me today is where your boots begin in the rain on your skin.